Praise the Lord. I have two lessons of Christmas to share with you. Just two. Number one is in Christmas, we see the deity of God or the deity of Christ revealed. You know, there are people who argue that Jesus is not God. For example, the Jehovah Witnesses, if you read their Bible, it reads in John chapter 1 from verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. With small letter G. They tried to wrap their head around the fact that, oh, Jesus could not really be God. He couldn't really be God. And they will use terminologies like, oh, Jesus called himself the Son of God. Well, Son of God does not mean Father, Mother, Son. <laughs> Are you with me? Son of God means the visible expression of the invisible God. Are you with me? And for you to really understand this, I've thought this before. Are you with me? But it's worth repeating again. Praise the Lord. For you to understand this, you must understand what I call the redemption framework. Say after me, the redemption framework. Say after me, the redemption framework. So what I mean by redemption framework, it, it refers to those things that God had to put in place to ensure that our salvation was fully done. Amen. Amen. What are the things that God had to establish to ensure that what he will give to man will be completely secure? That's what we mean by the redemption framework. So, number one, after Adam sinned against God and had become naked, some people have asked, why didn't God just look at Adam and Eve and say, come here? Did I not warn you not to eat of these, these fruits? And Adam and Eve say, yes. But God, we are very sorry. And God said, you know what? Don't do it again. Don't do it again. You know what? I've forgiven you. Now, receive salvation. Uh, the, the Adam's body that was naked, the holy glow that was <laughs> covering him will, not, will now come back. And they'll say, ah, God, we still will not go chop him again. <laughs> Why didn't God do that? Because he would, have, he would have been loving in doing that, but he wouldn't have been just. Did you hear what I just said? He would have been a loving God to just grant man forgiveness and salvation just like that. But you see, that would have broken another principle of his. The Bible says, God is the God of justice with whom actions are weighed. Listen, God is so right and just, you cannot catch him. You cannot find a flaw and say, oh, well, God is, is loving, but he's not so righteous. There are some people like that. They are loving to a fault. So, for instance, there was this argument I saw between two people. They were like, if your friend is in an exam hall and your friend is stranded, 
and is about to fail, what will you do? And you knew the answers, what would you do? One said, ah, I will give him, or I will give her the answers. I cannot, how can my friend fail? No, now, and I'm there. <laughs> the next thing they'll ask is, what if they catch you? <laughs> so sometimes it's difficult to be loving and be just at the same time. It's difficult to be loving and be righteous at the same time. Are you with me? For instance, imagine an umbrella came to your house, stole all the money, took your laptop, took your iPad, took your phones, maybe even killed somebody, and the police were coming after him. And they almost caught him, and his friend stays on that street. Say, ah, you know if you catch my guy, yo. So the police come and say, do you see where the thief went? Say, yes. Where did he go? You know, the guy knows that he went like this. But because he wants to save his friend, you say, now like this, he go. So the police will go that way and they will not catch him. If you were the one they stole from, will you like that? Answer me. If it was you they stole from like that, will you like it? But if you're a relative of the guy that the, the police were chasing after, you may say it's God's intervention. Who is with me? You may say, ah, God is sure for him people, though. When I heard Ambrobas pray. <laughs> so sometimes it's difficult to be loving and be righteous. So, number one, God's principle is that the soul that sineth shall die. When Adam ate that fruit, the, and, and when God says the soul that sineth shall die, death is not just about closing your eyes with and your spirit leaving your body. God's idea of death is an eternal death. Meaning, Adam had become one with darkness. That's very serious. The Bible says that Cain was of the wicked one. Meaning, Cain was born of the wicked one. When Adam ate that fruit, him and Eve, two of them, eh, they were now children of the devil. That's what it means to die, actually. To come under the, the oppression of darkness. To be separated from the life of God. Death actually means separation. So when a person dies physically, it means that his spirit and his soul are separated from his physical body. Are you with me? Are you with me? When a person dies... Now, I won't take it. Okay, when a person is dead spiritually, it means that the person is separated from God. Are we together? But when a person dies eternally, it means that the person is separated from God forever without an opportunity to, co to come back. So, there are many people on the road who right now they are spiritually dead, but there is still a space for them to come back. Are you with me? But when a person dies physically and his body is gone and he's still not saved, it means that he has gone to, into eternal death. Praise the Lord. So when Adam sinned against God, Adam died spiritually. Adam died spiritually. And if God did nothing before the end of the age, Adam would have died eternally. <laughs> Sorry, don't think too far. I wish I could teach everything. Praise the Lord. 10.30, okay. 
We have 30 minutes more to have some fun. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So how would God rescue Adam? And the rescue of Adam is not just about Adam as a person. It's about all of mankind because all of us were in him. Are you with me? Are you with me? When Adam sinned, all of us sinned. That's how God saw it. Somebody say, ah, are you sure? Look at what happened with Cain and Abel. That was proof that Adam did not even need to teach Cain. This is how to kill somebody. But simply because Adam ate that fruit and came under the hold of darkness and became a child of the devil in darkness, it was, the nature was already in Cain. So the, the logic that darkness will give you, okay, if God accepts Abel and rejected me, if I kill Abel, they will accept me. He thought he could put God at the point where God has no other option but to accept him, right? And so he went to kill Cain. He went to kill Abel. Who taught him that? Darkness. Sometimes you see children. You, you, my mom runs a school, so I have seen things that have amazed me. You now know that this thing we talk about darkness is real. You see two children, babies, they gave birth to them. They began to grow up in crutch. One year, two years, sometimes one and a half years. <laughs> one will just see the other one passing. Look at him. As he's passing from behind. <laughs> Who taught you to do that? Then the child not on. Who hits me? That same child that hit him, we say is this one. Then the boy will angrily go and hit somebody that they had no business with him. Boom. Why do you hit me? They said you hit me. And from my window, I'll be watching and shaking my head. I'm like, this thing is real. It may manifest in that small seed form, but as they grow, it becomes stronger. So somebody will wake up one morning and invent something to kill another person. It keeps getting worse. It keeps getting worse. It keeps getting worse. The world is where it is today because of the death in the first Adam that has spread through all of us. I think this is a good time to even talk about something. I saw somebody, a dear son of mine, he posted on his WhatsApp status. He said, books to read in 2022, in 2023. Number one, 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Number two, The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene. Number four, uh, The Laws of Human Nature, Robert Greene. I, I just called him and said, see. <laughs> you know what those books are? He's telling you, and he's teaching you how to be more like Adam. An educated way of manipulating people. Are you with me? I said, that book, I opened some pages years ago, and I said, no. The Bible says the wisdom which is of God is first pure. I said, this is just, this is just human wisdom. This is just carnality and wickedness. And they will tell you that if you are going to be great, prepare to step on some toes and kill some people. But plan to kill the people that you know that cannot come after you. Are you, see, are you hearing and that's what the world is pushing out there. But there is a higher wisdom. Praise the Lord. 
So that nature of Adam, God, every time God looks at us, and every time God looked at Adam, he was seeing all, the entire world in darkness. But don't forget, the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. So, God looked at Adam, looked at all of us, and knew that, ah, if these people sin to be remitted for, or if their sins to be paid for, they will die. All of them will have to die. And like I've said, like I said last week Sunday, the Bible says the wages of sin, one is death. Right? Now, question, how many sins can a person commit? Or how many sins have you committed? Give an average. If you want to make an average, at least we can say a 15-year-old boy has committed at least 300 sins. <laughs> so what did you say? What did I say? One million. <laughs> Especially in this generation. And you can only die once. You can only die once. So even if you say, God, I will pay for myself. I want to pay. I want to. I can do it. That's your one debt. We take care of only one. That's meat you stole from the pot. <laughs> but there are other atrocities that were committed. So what will happen? You will, because God is a just God, you cannot miss his judgment. Somehow, some way, you will pay, right? So because your, your physical debt can only pay for one, you will have to go to hell and keep on paying for eternity. You have to go to hell and keep on paying. This is the destiny of every man. This is the destiny of every man without Christ. So God saw that if I don't do something, eventually everyone that is born of Adam will be destroyed. Are you with me? So in the redemption framework, number one, God had to be righteous in saving man. Number two, the redemption must include eternal payment for Adam's transgression. The redemption must include eternal payment for Adam's transgression. Number three, if a man sinned, a man must die. And this man that must die must not be from the lineage of the original Adam. Are you with me? So, the only way God can make Adam and all of us in him free is that God must bring a replacement, a substitution. Are you with me? Somebody else must be able to come and take this place. And this somebody else must not be connected to the first Adam. So, he's not, he's not in depth. Are you with me? It's just like saying, Five guys are in prison. Nobody in prison can bail somebody in prison. The only person that will be able to bail somebody in prison must be a person who is not in that prison. Somebody who has nothing to do with all that is happening there. He will come and bail them from outside, right? And so if it's a man that's sin, a man must pay. So how will God be able to get another man who was not connected to Adam? Are you with me? Are you with me? How would God make another man who is not connected to the original Adam? How will God do it? Now, Adam has an eternal debt to pay. How would that man be able to pay eternally? If he's going to be a man, a man can only die once. 
If he's a normal human being, he can only die once. How, so how can that person's one death be able to pay for Adam's transgression for eternity and pay for all men? That's what you know, the fourth thing. God must provide an eternal redeemer. Praise the Lord. So what have I said? Number one is what? God has to be righteous and save man. Number two is what? The redemption must include eternal payment for Adam's transgression. Pastor Kenny, if you can type it later and post it on the screen. Or below the video, it will be beautiful. Number three is what? If a man sinned, a man must be the one to pay. Number four, God must provide an eternal redeemer, right? I want to jump some because of time. Number five, that same man must be tested the same same way Adam was tested, and that man must pass. So that is why the temptation of Jesus was very important. Are you with me? But let me not go there. Let me stop at God must provide an eternal redeemer. So the person that will come and be the savior of mankind must be a man, but he must have the power to pay for all eternity. Are you hearing me? This person, this redeemer must be a man. Yet this redeemer must have the power that when his death is, is, is being poured out, that death will pay for all eternity. He will cover for all of us at once. How will God do it? So, by the time we see all the factors required, God had only one option. The option is the incarnation. God looked at it and said, well, you know what's happening here? I think it's only me that can go. People who say Jesus is an archangel or Jesus is not God, You know what you are saying? You are saying that our redemption does not have eternal power. There was no being in heaven and on earth that will have the power to die once and his death will pay for eternity past, eternity present, and eternity future. How can people who will come after 2,000 years of a man's death, burial, resurrection, believe in him and will receive salvation. That man's death must have the power to enter into the future. Are you with me? So God decided to become a man. So after me, God became a man. So after me, God became a man. So after me, God became a man. After me, God became a man. This is Christmas. God became a man. (laughs) So God looked at us and said, Kai, these guys need help. And this help, an angel cannot give it to them. This help they need, none of my archangels can give it to them. I have to go. I have to become a man. And so God smuggled himself smuggled himself, made the womb of a woman his changing room, (laughs) entered 
and said, you know what? I'm coming. Let me pull off all of this and come as a baby. Let me tell you, eh, Jesus was God. He knew it. He was God. Now somebody saying, how could he be God in heaven and come down as God on earth? Oh, you think God is limited like you? That if you are in a gay gay, you cannot be in VI. Let me put it to you. What, what really happened in incarnation? God came out of God. He says, okay, I am God. When I was singing, for the Lord our God is omnipotent. People don't understand. So God said, I can make myself double right. I am God. You are God. Go. So God was in heaven watching God on earth. <laughs> the devil thought he could outsmart God. So God came, entered into the womb of Mary. And that was why, remember in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, God told the serpents and Adam and Eve, all of them watching there, he said the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. If you know anything about biology, the seed does not come from the woman. Sperm comes from the man, right? But you see, this particular man must not come through Adam. If not, he'll be corrupted also. So, that was actually a prophecy of the virgin birth. That this woman will conceive and bear a child that will have no connection to Adam. Are you with me? So, Mary was housing God. Hey! She was housing God. And God came out. No, no, you, you may have seen God on, in Jesus Christ walking on the street like every other person, but he was God in the flesh. And why did he come? So that when he dies, that debt, that debt can pay. Listen, do you know what happened in the incarnation? It was, it was I call it God's joker card. He just, let's put this thing down. If you remove the incarnation, every other thing redemption falls into pieces. For instance, how can somebody... Do, do you know what it means when you take the sins of all men and put on a, on a person? How can somebody carry all our sins yet still be light? You know why? Because he was God. The Bible says God is light. So he can swallow darkness and still be light. Mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that was what he did. So I want to show you some verses of the Bible. But before then, have you ever wondered in Christmas, the Bible says the angels were rejoicing. Have you ever wondered why? Oh, didn't they know that? They didn't, didn't they know God before? Like, oh, okay, finally you've, you are here, right? Come and do your work, Joe. Why were they rejoicing? When we sing the song, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let it. Give me the one that there's angels inside. Hack the hair out, angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Why were the angels singing? I will show you something. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah 6 from verse 1. The Bible says, in Isaiah 6 from verse 1, it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon, sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Now, everybody read verse 2 together. That's a, a group of angels. 
I've always stood the seraphims. Oh. Oh. Do you know what is going on here? These are one of the higher ranking angels in heaven, the seraphims. They had six wings. And with the six wings, two, only two were for flying. Out of the six wings, two were used to cover their faces. Two were used to cover their feet. And only two were used to fly. Do you know what this means? It means the angels were not permitted to look at the glory of God. Are you hearing me? The angels saw the, the glory of God was so sacred and the angels could not have a view of, of it. When they want to fry, they will cover their face. And like, guy, <laughs> you may just be fried right now. So cover this thing properly. You know, sometimes when we come to church and we are doing all that we are doing, we are shouting glory, we are praying. One of the reasons I believe God does not really open people's eyes as it were to see so much because you may see things that may scare you. See, the things of God are so hallowed and so powerful that sometimes our mortal eyes, eh? I cannot claim to have seen so many things, but the little I've seen, oh God. There was a particular day in 2011. I was in the chapel of our university, Covenant University Chapel. And I was sitting down, and I was not asleep. I was wide awake and had an open vision. I saw a certain man of God. He appeared in the sky, and the Lord began to talk to me physically. This was not the voice I was hearing in my spirit. It was the voice I was hearing audibly. When the voice came once, do you know what happened? You may not believe me. You may doubt me. You may say it's a lie. He lifted me up and threw me on the ground. People that were there, everybody took off. Everybody ran away. All I know, to get the message, I couldn't even get the message. Because all I remember was that a voice was just thundering and something lifted me up and I saw myself on the ground. I stood up and also ran. <laughs> I stood up. And initially I was thinking, okay, maybe I'm God, I'm a very special person until I found out that that same week, there were about 11 of us in that school that had that same encounter. <laughs> Sometimes, I think we under, underestimate who God is. Sorry, my wife, I want to blow your cover a little bit. There was a time, many years ago, like, I believe roughly 10 years ago, my wife had an encounter with Jesus. For three days, she could not, she could not hear like, the Lord Jesus appeared to her. All these people that say every small thing, they want to talk about their encounter. See, if you really have some encounter, you'll be, you'll be too home, you'll be too weak to talk. What did you see? I'll, tell, I'll talk later. So, back to our story in Isaiah 6. They were covering their eyes. They were covering their feet. And they were using only two to fly. Are you with me? Verse 3, Isaiah 6, verse 3. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Oh, you will miss the dress to shout glory. glory. You know, when we think about holiness, we think that holiness is all about 
I don't want to commit sin. I'm holy. I'm not. As you grow spiritually, you find out that holiness is the persona of God. You are so holy, you are set apart. Do you understand that? There is a way something can be so, somebody can give you a cloth that is so fine that when you put it in comparison to all the other clothes, it looks like your other clothes are rags. You will not separate it. You have to give it a covering. Say, this one, stay here. That's, that's holiness. That's the idea of the fact that we have been separated from the world. God has made us so high and different that God looks at like, why should you mingle with the world? You are seated with him in heavenly places. Far above principalities and powers. How should you now come and remain with people who don't even, they are not far away from sand? Are you with me? And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. As I have seen all of this in the spirit. Verse 5, then said I, woe is me. Because I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Do you know that his eyes actually did not see the king? He didn't see the king actually. He was actually seeing just the, glue, the smoke, <laughs> the, the angels, and he said, I have seen the king. <laughs> Don't take me for that. I have seen the king. The, Isaiah did not see the king. The angels did not see the king. The king is so holy and set apart. But one day the king came and was born as a baby. <laughs> so, angels said, This is how your face looks. Hey! <laughs> we have to shout. <laughs> hey! So when God wanted to reveal himself to all creation, angels and men, he chose to be a man. <sighs> so the angels were like, oh my God. Every day, literally, right? Every day just walked on the earth and was growing up. I'm sure the angels, one angel would say to another, Gabriel, that's our God. Our God. <laughs> Look at him. we've not seen for ages all the millions of years in heaven we couldn't see his face now he has opened his face to men after <laughs> me he came for me God became a man I'm just all of this I'm just showing you that God became a man let me show you something if you doubt me let me show you something First Timothy 3 verse 16. Ah, kappa. Rota kapande. Everybody read First Timothy 3 verse 16. Hey. Sin of angels. <laughs> Are you seeing this? So all the while, they've not been able to see God. But the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 3 verse 16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit, seen of angels. So Christmas is God became a man. (laughs) Hey, this is Christmas. God was manifest in the flesh. God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. 
That's Christmas. God became a man. And he did not just become a man just to show off. He became a man because he came to die. He became a man. Listen, let me tell you what we see in redemption or in the incarnation. God had to be God enough. Or let me put it like this. The Son of God or the incarnation of God or Jesus Christ, he had to be God to save us, but he had to be man to die for us. Hmm. Praise the Lord. And he did not stop there. Because he was a man, I've thought this before. He, that gave him the opportunity to be able to connect with us so that we also could come into the realm of God. You know, there are people reading the Bible and they just pass and don't even know what, what's going on there. Remember that time where him and the apostles ate bread and drank or what it, they did what we call the communion or the last supper. And he said, this is my body. He now said, this is the blood of the new covenant. He actually cut a covenant with the apostles to represent all of mankind. So that from that time henceforth, when he was carrying the cross, it, is, it was us actually. I know some people did not get that. Blood covenant means life for life. That thing he did was the blood covenant. He was saying, I have become you. You have become me. And he had to do it before he died. So that from that time henceforth, anything he became, we also have become. Yeah. Number one, he had to, to, to cause that covenant so that he can actually become sin. It was in cutting that covenant and becoming one with us that he became sin. Are you with me? So that when he goes to die, our sins have been paid for. And from there henceforth, when he becomes righteousness, we also. Even if you didn't get it, the next verse I want to show you will give you an idea. Colossians 2, from verse 8 to 10. But before Colossians 2, can we do one more in Colossians 1? Please, can we? You are going home to eat Christmas rice. Eat Bible rice first. Amen. Amen. Colossians 1, from verse... This is sweet. Which level I start from? Everything is just sweet here. Okay, verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Amen. Amen. Who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us unto the kingdom of his dear son. Praise the Lord. That's, that's it. He has delivered, say after me, has delivered me from the power of darkness and has translated me. Hey, he has translated me. He has translated me. He has translated me into the kingdom of his dear son. He did not say he has transferred you. He said he has translated you. There is a big difference. That means he did something to you before you entered. (laughs) It is not the same you that left the kingdom of darkness that is in the kingdom of light. He brought you out and made you a new creation and brought you inside. That's why he did not say he has transferred us. He said he has translated us. Ah, He has delivered me from the power of darkness. 
Say after me, I dream from the power of darkness. And has translated me into the kingdom of his dear son. Glory! Verse 14, it says, in whom we have redemption. Through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Ah! Even the forgiveness of sins. All of this is not a different camp meeting they see. Next year, camp meeting is mastery. The mastery. But after that, the upper camp meeting, kerygma. The apostolic preaching of the gospel. <laughs> that one, 2024 camp meeting. Amen. Amen. Verse 15, he's talking about Christ Jesus right now. He says, who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. What does this mean? I've explained it before. It means that when God wanted to start creation, the first thing he did was to give himself an image. Who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. The Jesus we saw was the very first thing God created before he showed up. Let me leave you alone. It's Christmas Day. Let me not think too much. The firstborn of every creature showed up in a woman and came to die for our sins. That's what incarnation is. Praise the Lord. If you understand what I just said, you would have shouted. But if you understand, you just shout. But Colossians 2. Colossians 2. Colossians 2. Verse 8. It says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. All those books I talked about is philosophy and vain deceit. Are you with me? After the tradition of men, not after the rudiments, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Everybody read verse 9 together. Read it again. Read it again. Read it again. This is this is Christmas. Are you with me? This is Christmas. That all the fullness of the Godhead came down bodily. This is Christmas. So after after me, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. People have said, oh, when you worship Jesus, you are not worshiping God. Listen, if you want to worship God, worship Jesus because in him Dwell at all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Are you with me? But he does not stop there. Verse 10. Ah. Ah. And you are complete in him. Ah. That means I have been mingled into divinity. Ah. So this is Christmas. That God became a man so that men could become part of God. Mm. This is what he actually meant in John chapter 14. He says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. It, you know, it does not make logical sense. In my father's house, are many mansions. It's supposed to be in my father's mansion, are many houses. But in my father's house, are many mansions. Meaning there are many places for men to come and be part of God. So now, because he has come as a man and died, he opened up himself so that us can enter. Ah. So if any man is in Christ, are you with me? So, 
In him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and he opened it up. By his death, his body was broken, so we enter inside. Ah, and it was coupled back together. Oh God. Sometimes I am in Christ. I am in Christ. This is Christmas. Sometimes I am complete in him. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Next year, there are some teachings I must do. Meditation. You have to meditate on things like this. I am complete in him. Sometimes I am complete in him. You are not complete when you do plastic surgery. You are complete in him. <laughs> you are not complete when your nose is like this. No, you are complete in him. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Somebody saying something. Don't tempt me. In Jesus' name. There are verses that make me just want to scream. So that's one. Christmas is that God became a man for us. He became a man. Number two, Christmas reveals that there is nothing impossible with God. There is nothing. You know, I was just talking to some people yesterday. I said, Christmas, ah, is proof that the promises of God do not fail. When God gave that promise to Adam and Eve, he said, the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. That was Genesis 3.15. It took about 4,500 years for Jesus to actually come. Any logical thinking person would say, God don't forget. Are you with me? But it came to pass. When the angel appeared to Mary and told her, you shall conceive and bear a son without a man. Then she said, how shall these things be seeing I know not a man? Then the angel began to explain the technology of God. He says, the power of the higher shall overshadow thee. The power of the higher shall overshadow thee. So, Jesus Christ being smuggled into the womb of a woman is part of the miracles of the Spirit. And that same Holy Ghost that you have received. Say after me, there is nothing impossible. As I step into 2023, all the promises of God over my life, I begin to see fulfillment. I begin to see fulfillment. I step into possibilities. There is no limitation. Hey, you should have shouted that thing more. Jump on your feet and say there is no limitation. There is no limitation. There is no limitation. Glory! Remember what happened. After Mary got pregnant, God used her own pregnancy as proof to tell Elizabeth, you also can take him. Are you with me? There is nothing impossible. The hand of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of God dwells in me. I have no limitation. I cannot be limited. Glory! Why am I thinking this kind of thing? Those of you saying, where will I get life partner? How will I get life partner? Mary was on her own. Holy Ghost went and disturbed somebody. And said, you see that lady? She's even pregnant. <laughs> Take her as your wife. Oh, pastor, if you know what I've gone through in my past, eh, Holy Ghost will talk to somebody. Your person, he will talk to your person for you. I did not hear any amen. Okay. If I follow the line, say amen. 
Say, see everybody, I'll call me holy. Ah, kapariata. There is nothing the Holy Ghost cannot do. Say after me, I cannot be limited. Four thousand five hundred years, and God still remember. You know, I read things in the Bible. Look at Moses. Moses ran away from Egypt for forty years. I'm sure Moses that day when he was going to the mountain to take care of the sheep and store the burning bush, he was not thinking about an encounter. Are you with me? He was. He, he looked like he has lost it. He has lost everything. He, he looked like everything has gone. Maybe you are here. You are thinking that your work with God, everything is over. Ah, I missed it somewhere. Oh, there's a place I missed it. Kai. There was this opportunity I missed, though. This thing has gone. Don't worry. Look at Elizabeth. The Bible shows us that she was already old. They had forgotten about having children. They, they've closed that chapter. But the Holy Ghost came. In this Christmas season, the Holy Ghost is moving over your life. Amen. Closed chapters of possibilities are reopened. Amen. Many of you, maybe you are hearing me and you're, you're online. And you are saying, oh, that business, I lost everything. There is no way I will come back. No, God is saying you will come back. Yeah. You will come back stronger. Yeah. That vision God gave you and you say, ah, ah, I've lost time. I cannot really pursue that thing again. You are coming back stronger. Yeah. In the name of Jesus, yeah. that dream you lost is coming back stronger. Yeah. That ability you lost is coming back stronger. Yeah. By the Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And you receive special Christmas gifts. 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 Gifts of the Spirit you receive. Gifts of money you receive. Gifts of favor you receive. People who forgot you are coming back to you. Elizabeth looked like she was forgotten, but that day, the angel of God visited her. In the name of Jesus, forgotten chapters are opened. People who have forgotten you are remembering you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Rejoice! Show glory! Satan, I'm completing him. I'm completing him. I'm completing him. I'm completing him. God became a man for me. God became a man for me. This is Christmas. God became a man for me. That means there is nothing you cannot do for me. Hey. Before we close, and this is the last Sunday in 2022, right? Can I give you one more verse? I want to give you a declaration before the verse. Say after me. Say after me in the name of Jesus. I have all I need. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, I have all I need. In the name of Jesus. I have all I need. I have the resources. I have the connections. I have the opportunities. I have the direction. I have the guidance. I have the leading. I have the open doors. I have all I need. I have all I need. I have all I need. As I have all I need. I step into 2023 with all I need. With all I need. I step into 2023 with all I need. No disappointment. Mistakes are turned to miracles. In the name of Jesus. Let me show you why. Romans 8. It's the last Sunday. So, if there is any, any, any leftover unction that you ought to receive, receive it now. 
Romans 8, from verse, ah, Jesus, from verse 31. What shall we say to these things? <laughs> what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? When we read this verse of the Bible, do you know what they think? They think that, okay, if he gave me Jesus, there is nothing he cannot give me, right? If he gave me Jesus, then he can give me a car. If he gave me Jesus, then he can give me a wife. If he gave me Jesus, then he can give me money. If he gave me Jesus, he can give me anything. But they did, they did not read something there. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him? How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You see that with, it changes everything. That with him, it means when he was giving you Jesus, with him he was giving you everything. Did you get that? He that spent on his own son. But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also with him? Hey. So when he gave me Jesus, he gave me everything. Oh God. Oh God. See after me, I have everything. I have the resources. I have the opportunities. I have the direction. I have all things. If you understood that, you would have rejoiced. That is the life of faith. The life of faith is that this, is, this thing you just saw is the evidence of things not seen. Well, how would you have rejoiced if you saw 300,000 alerts now? As we, are, as we are in this hall like this, somebody just sent you 500k. Bam. Huh? Some of you say, mm. Guy, why are you doing just nothing, nothing? Oh, I'm trusting God for that next level, that open door, that new job. How would you have rejoiced? Now he's telling you from the evidence, the original evidence. All things. Ah. Sometimes I have received all things. I may not look like it right now. But when I received Christ, all I needed for life and godliness, he gave to me. I cannot be stranded. I cannot be limited. I cannot be ignored. I cannot be slowed down. I cannot be ignored. I cannot be slowed down. I cannot be stopped. Glory! 